Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Girlfriend's Guide to Sports podcast. My name is Claire Coles, and this is your weekly update. It's Monday, October 16th. Let's start with what you missed over the last week. Then we'll move on to what to watch this upcoming week in the world of sports. All right, we have got a lot to go over. I feel like I say that every week, but we basically do. So we've got to finish up the ALDS and the NLDS for MLB last week. So starting in the same order that we took them last time. The ALDS, we're going to start with the Orioles-Rangers matchup because it was the first to be over. The Texas team came into Tuesday's game with a 2-0 series lead and smoked the 100-plus win Baltimore team 7-1. to And then the Rangers are the first team because they swept them to advance to their championship series. Baltimore Orioles go home. In the second ALDS series, the Astros versus the Twins was a better, more well-matched, and we were tied going into Tuesday in Minnesota. The Houston team came out hot, though, with four home runs of their nine runs that they scored to the total Twins' one to take the series lead. So Wednesday's game was closer, but a brew for the Astros home run again. He had two on Tuesday, putting them into the ALCS for the seventh straight year. So the Astros advance and we have an all Texas ALCS. Working on the NLDS now, Bryce Harper hit two home runs in the Phillies dominance of the Braves on Wednesday, helping them to their win 10 to two. Yikes. Philly took the series lead two to one. They would then ride that momentum on Thursday's game at home, winning 3-1, to one, completing the huge upset of the 104 win and MLB leading Atlanta Braves. They go home. Absolutely crazy. And then in the final game, in the final matchup, last we left off, the Diamondbacks were winning in their Monday night game against the Dodgers, and they did end up putting that game away 4-2, to two, taking a 2 to two to zero series lead the Arizona team would only need one more game to put it all away they won by the same score actually on Wednesday hitting four home runs in a single inning so the Diamondbacks sweep the 100 win Dodgers so moving along to the championship series and we have zero teams with over 100 wins and that's saying something because we actually had 
three teams before that <laughs> that hit that mark and uh, and that impressive feat, and all of them went down in the division series. So absolutely none of them continued into the ALCS or the NLCS. So we're going to start with the game that started first. The American American League Championship Series began last night with game one of the Texas showdown between the Rangers and the Astros, and we start in Houston. But it was Dallas who got the last laugh in game one as pitcher Jay Montgomery only allowed five hits and no runs while he was pitching, which was till the bottom of the seventh inning. Verlander, Astros pitcher, was only allowed one more hit than Montgomery, but also allowed two runs scored on him. That was all that was needed last night as well. Rangers win two to zero to take the series lead. As of putting out the podcast and the blog, Game 2 has been decided. The Rangers rode their momentum from Game 1 into Game 2, going up 4-0 in the first inning alone. Then we exchanged runs for a couple of innings, but Houston just never could get a big enough run going, despite Alvarez getting two home runs in a single game. Ivaldi also got himself, who's the pitcher for the uh, Rangers, also got himself out of a bases loaded with no outs situation in the fifth inning. And that, with that, the Rangers win 5-4 to four and taking the 2-0 to zero series lead. The NLCS started tonight, and it actually finished up while I was prepping the podcast and the blog, so I went back and went ahead and did a quick write-up. So the Phillies got off to a quick start, like first pitch of the game was where Schwarber actually hit a home run, so literally could not start any faster. They would score two runs in that inning, and it was all Phillies early as they scored five straight runs through the fifth inning. The Diamondbacks tried to answer but fell two runs short. Philly wins five to three in game one little bit of NBA news is that the regular season will begin next week it will start Tuesday the 24th and run through April 14th of next year so you will see one more preseason game on the blog and podcast and then from there next week regular season Moving along to college football, because, man, this week was crazy. We had eight losses in the top 25, including two in the top 10. So we're going to start with the game day game of the week, because Oregon-Washington's game was absolutely amazing. There were seven lead changes, and it looked like it would come down to whoever had the ball last. Washington drew first blood on their first drive, but Oregon retaliated with a touchdown and then went for a two-point conversion literally on their first score of the game. Kind of unorthodox, but I love it. Huskies then led 22-18 at half. Washington got the ball to start the second half, scored another touchdown, going up 29-18. But then it was a lot of Ducks defense. So Washington would have three drives with no score after that. So now Oregon would lead 33-29 to with just 13 minutes to play. Washington then drives all the way to the goal line for a first and eight to the goal line. They fumble on the one, but get it back. Now it's second down. They lose a yard. Then it's third down. They gained that yard back, so they're back to on on the one. And the Huskies go for it on fourth and one, but come up short. So it is a turnover on downs with just six minutes and 33 seconds to play. And then Oregon has 98 yards to go. Oregon leads by four. So they then go for it on the Washington 47, which is basically about half field. So they go for it on fourth down with 2.11 to go in the game. And they are short. So that gave quarterback Michael Penix for the Huskies a short field and 2.11 to work with. Washington scores a touchdown in 
two plays, going 53 yards. Washington now leads 36-33, a minute 38 to go in the game. Oregon quarterback Bo Nix is not usually known for being good on the road, but he did relatively well getting the Ducks into field goal range for the tying go in going into overtime 43-yard field goal, but the kicker missed wide. Oregon suffers their first loss of the season. Both still have three ranked teams to play, though, so hopefully we will get a rematch in the Pac-12 championship game, but both teams have a lot still left. Let's just say this next game started with an interception and a Notre Dame touchdown, and that pretty much set the tempo for the rest of the game. Number nine, USC goes down after Caleb Williams had his most interceptions ever in a college football game with three. Number 21, 21 Notre Dame led 24-6 at half, but admittedly, even I thought we were going to see the normal Caleb Williams and USC comeback when USC scored with with 10 minutes to go in the game, and they were just 10 points away. But then Notre Dame ran it back 98 yards in a kick return and then just continued to pile on. After that, the Fighting Irish fight to their win 48-20 to and topple the Trojans. So despite winning every stat matchup, the running yards, passing yards, time of possession, and even penalties, number 14 Louisville fell to unranked and frankly unimpressive 1-4 and four pit. That was the only area that Louisville really gave it back was three turnovers. So really shows that turnovers can absolutely hurt your game and you need to win the turnover battle. The Cardinals take their first loss of the season after they beat literally Notre Dame last week. They lose 21-38. We all knew number 18's UCLA's defense needed to come up big this week to help their true freshman quarterback shine, but it was all beeves early, scoring 13 unanswered points to start the game. Oregon State never gave the lead back to the Bruins, despite some tried to mount a comeback. The Beavs win 36-24 in Corvallis. And then Arizona might be better than we initially thought. Last week, the Wildcats took USC to third overtime. And then this week, they frankly just beat up on number 19, Washington State. They win 44 to 6. Oklahoma State is starting to click with their weird quarterback play. This week's game was a great one, playing number 23, Kansas. KU led by one at half, but Oklahoma State scored 14, 15 unanswered points to upset the Jayhawks, 39-32. Number 24, Kentucky and Mizzou both took their first loss of the season last week, so this week was a matchup of who could be a better goldfish, i.e., meaning who had the better short-term memory. Despite going up 14 to zero in the first quarter, Kentucky would only score one other touchdown compared to Mizzou's 38 points after that. Apparently that award, obviously for the shortest memory goes to Mizzou as the Tigers upset the Wildcats 38, 21. Number 25, Miami would have been undefeated going into their big ACC matchup this week, except for that gnarly kneel at Georgia Tech last week. This week, though, was a good game in the first half with Miami leading 17-14. But then number 12, UNC quarterback Drake May showed out along and took advantage of four turnovers by the Canes. Yes, four turnovers. The Tar Heels scored 24 unanswered points. Three of those touchdowns coming from wide receiver Tez Walker in what is basically considered his real Carolina Blue debut. Tar Heels win 41-31. 
And that is all the losses in the top 25. Like I said, it was a crazy week for the top 25. We will have some shake up there. Other major storylines, we started the week with Power 5 craziness on Thursday. Y'all, this section is going to be so long, so I just apologize now, but we had some amazing games. So Thursday, West Virginia-Houston game had nine lead changes. West Virginia scored what looked like, and 99% of the time is the game-winning touchdown with 12 seconds, 12 seconds to go in the game from the 50-yard line. But Houston really wanted their first win in the Big 12. The Cougs heaved it from before the 50-yard line in a Hail Mary pass as time expired, and a Houston player came down with it after it had hit like it had to have hit three to four hands. You decide. I put the link on the podcast or on the blog. Houston hands West Virginia its first conference loss of the season, and they this is the first time a new Big 12 team has beaten a legacy Big 12 team. Then on Friday, Deion Sanders and the Colorado Buffs were up 29-0 at half. Admittedly, I meant to bet I went to bed thinking nothing of it. We actually reached 99.7% win probability, and so thus why I literally turned off the TV. Until the next day when I checked the score. And because it was all Stanford second half, Stanford came all the way back to tie it up at the end of regulation 36-36. Dion then elected to go first in overtime. This is highly unusual because you really want to know what the other team does so that you can go second and then know what you have to do to win or to beat the other team. (laughs) Didn't matter in first overtime though. Both teams scored a touchdown, but in second overtime, the buffs had the ball first and threw an interception that gives Stanford the freedom to just kick a game winning field goal, which they did Stanford upset Colorado at home. Also, Travis Hunter, their star quarter, their star player that plays on both offense and defense for Colorado, played over 150 snaps after coming back from a lacerated liver just three weeks ago. Not a good look, in my opinion, for Dion there with coaching decisions. So kind of going back to the top 25, because this is now Saturday's game, we knew one of the major four in action would that were all favored by like 20-plus points and a lot of them by 30-plus points. We knew that some of them would slip up. Maybe not an upset, but definitely not a 30-point cover. And no surprise, number one Georgia played with its food once again. They still beat Vanderbilt 37-20, but the line was 32-and-a-half. So needless to say, didn't cover. Number two Michigan actually hung half a hundred on Indiana and literally have not faced a first-and-goal situation all season. Purdue's field goal kicker missed three field goals. So yeah, that's not good, but it's extra awful this week as a random student nailed three field goals during halftime for money. So they fall hard to number three, Ohio State, 41 to seven. Number four, Florida State destroyed Syracuse, holding Dino Babers and the Orange out of the end zone literally all game, winning 44, 41 to three. Arkansas once again played a good ranked team close for the third time this season. Number 11, Bama only won 24-21. And if you're wondering who those three teams are, Arkansas kept LSU, Ole Miss, and Bama all to within a touchdown. Number six, Penn State was not looking good or was not looking ahead to Ohio State next week. They shut out UMass. Granted, it's UMass, but still 63-0 is an impressive feat against any FBS school. Number 16, Utah was again Cam Rising list. TBD if you'll even come back this season, but man, their defense is good. They've only allowed 73 points through six games. This week they held Cal to 14, winning by 20. 
Number 19, Tennessee hosted Texas A&M and trailed at half, but it was a close game. Tennessee kept the Aggies to 54 yards rushing, though. The Aggies have lost now eight straight true road games. Vols win 20-13. to And then speaking of a close game, it was a battle of two quarterbacks in Florida-South Carolina's game, which was back and forth all game. And in other words, eight times we flipped on the probability chart. Most people would take the South Carolina quarterback Spencer Rattler in that case if you're purely just going by quarterback talent-wise. But Florida's Graham Mertz had a career day. South Carolina led by 10 with just nine minutes to go. Florida put together a five-minute touchdown drive, basically got South Carolina to do a three and out and scored again with 47 seconds to go. Rattler threw an interception to seal the game against the Gators. Florida wins 41-39. And by the way, South, uh, South Carolina did get a safety in the final four seconds, so that's why the score looks a little funky there. And we even ended, so we began the week with some crazy on Thursday and Friday, and then we had to end the week with some crazy. Boise State was winning 17-0 at half against Colorado State for their homecoming game. Embarrassing. And with six minutes left to go in the game, the Rams trailed by 20. Yes, in just six minutes to go. But they weren't done. They scored a touchdown with four minutes left on the clock. Then they kick an onside kick and recover the ball. So Colorado State then drives down. Fails to score on a fourth and goal, but get a flag. So with a new set of downs, they do score on the next play. Minute 53 left to go. They go down and score again. Then they kick an onside kick and get it again. Oh, but wait, there's a flag on the field for an illegal block. So they actually don't. So Boise State gets the ball, but goes three and out. And after some costly penalties, they have to punt it back. Colorado State ball with only 33 seconds left in the game on their own 12-yard line in two plays. They are down to the Boise State 33-yard line, and they literally have no time left. They throw a Hail Mary pass to try and win, and they get it when a tight end scoops it up from literally the Boise State player batted it down, and the tight end just scoops it up right before it hits the ground. So now we're tied. They still need the extra point to win, and there was a celebration penalty. So that is enforced on the uh, point after attempt, meaning that they have to kick that, that extra point from the 30-yard line, making it a 48-yard attempt. But it sails through, no question, and the Rams win for the first time in 13 matchups against Boise State. Absolutely crazy. Like I said, began the week with crazy, ended the week with crazy. It was nuts. So in the top 25 this week, Washington moved into the top five after their impressive win. Oregon only fell one spot since it was such a close game. UNC, Utah, and Tennessee all got moved up two for their wins as well. Notre Dame moved up the most. They moved up six spots after beating the undefeated Trojans, who fell to number 18. They absolutely deserve that as their best win is a now not looking great Colorado team. Louisville and UCLA are both still ranked, but they fell seven spots each. And for the first time, we see undefeated Air Force break into the rankings. That's because they beat Wyoming 34-27, but man, it was a sweat. Air Force will play Navy this weekend. Tulane, Mizzou, and Iowa all have reappeared in the top 25. Oh my gosh, that was a lot of college football, y'all, so thanks for bearing with me. Now let's move on to some NFL football. Thursday night football was completely one-sided with the Chiefs beating the Broncos 19-8. to Yep, 
I said eight. It's a weird number. That's because they got the Broncos got a two point conversion. And they only scored that touchdown in for fourth quarter, a.k.a. garbage time. And yes, T. Swift was in the house. The Ravens then beat, so for the rest of the weekend, the Ravens beat the Titans across the pond Sunday morning, 24-16. to The Commanders won their game with the same score over the Falcons as both teams now sit 3-3. Three and three. This was quarterback Desmond Ritter's first home loss since high school. So... Other than those, there were seven close games this week. The Vikings only won by six over a bad Bears team. The Bengals end their game on a touchdown-saving sack on fourth and goal to win by four over the Seahawks. The Texans have already matched their win record from last year, and we're only in week six as they beat the Saints 20-13. to Their D comes up big. The Dolphins continue to run all over everyone, putting up college football scores. This week, it was against the Panthers, who lose their sixth straight game, 21-42. The 49ers missed a 41-yard field goal to win their game against the Browns. That means that is their first loss of the season, and it was a grunge match with the Browns winning 17-19. This not only ends their win streak, but this was also sitting at 15 straight regular season games, a franchise record. But the San Francisco team had also scored 30 points in the 30 plus points in the last eight games, which is the fifth most in NFL history. All of that ends and we're left with one defeated undefeated team in the NFL. Let's check in on them. The Eagles started well, but quarterback Jalen Hurts threw Three interceptions, including one in the final two minutes of the game. The Jets got that drive into the end zone. And with that, the Jets hand the Philly team their first loss by a touchdown. So we're left with no undefeated teams left in the NFL. The Lions then shut down the Bucks, keeping them out of the end zone completely, winning 20-6. The Raiders squeaked by the Patriots 21-17, but that's pretty good considering that the Raiders quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo, went into the locker room before half. He was later taken to the hospital with a back injury. TBD on him for now. In the battle for the state of New York, the Bills came back and scored all 14 points they needed in the fourth quarter. That was enough to beat the touchdownless Giants by five. So, like I said, no undefeated teams left, and we only have one team who has yet to win a game, and that is the Carolina Panthers. Moving along to a little bit of golf, Tom Kim is in the big leagues officially. Only Byron Nelson and now Tom Kim have successfully defended their PGA Tour titles twice in the same season. Kim won the Shriners Children's Open on Sunday by one shot over Adam Hadwin. This was only made possible as the PGA Tour is switching back to the calendar year system in 2024. And last year's Shriners Open was early in the season, making it show up twice in the same year. So that's only why that's possible. He is the youngest player since Tiger Woods in 1997 to win three PGA Tour titles in just 15 months. It wasn't as easy as it sounded, though, as there was 12 players who could have fought for the title in the final two hours of the tournament. Six were tied for the lead at one point. However, Kim vaulted to the front of the pack at the par 5-16 when Kim shot his, got his two-shot lead on Hadwin. Hadwin then birdied the final hole to end just one shot behind. 
Moving to the live, Brooks Kepka successfully defended his Jetta live title this weekend in a playoff against Taylor Gooch. Gooch's third round 62 set the tone for the day, and Kepka had to birdie two of his final three holes to even force a playoff. He did win on the second playoff hole, though. Don't feel too bad for Gooch due to his impressive performance. He won the season's points title, taking home $18 million. Next week, the team championship finale of the Liv's second season will be in Florida. And just quick Olympic news. We, the LA 2028 Olympic Games will officially feature the sports we discussed last week. That's baseball, softball, cricket, lacrosse, squash, and flag football. Cricket will return after not being seen since 1900, lacrosse, which claimed its first games that were played in actually in America by the native people here, was only seen twice in the Olympics and not seen since 1908. Squash finally made the yes ballot after several failed attempts. And then flag football has never been seen in the Olympics, although full contact football was a demonstration sport in the 1984 LA Games as well. The vote also said that we will see improvements in the modern-day pentathlon. Basically, we will not have um, that horse jumping event anymore. It will be replaced by an obstacle running course and weightlifting, which will have stricter doping test requirements after all the DQs that have happened post-games. Definitely needed, in my opinion. And then gymnastics star Mary Lou Retton was admitted to the hospital last week with a rare version of pneumonia. However, like her performance in the 1984 Los Angeles Games, she is a fighter and has made a miraculous recovery, according to her family. If you don't know who she is, you absolutely should. And I went ahead and posted a YouTube that I think does a nice job of going back through the history of the 1984 Games. She is the person that landed the vault on a broken ankle to win us the team all around, which was had like never been done because it was so dominated by Eastern Europeans and the Russians. So it is absolutely phenomenal. If you're interested, check out that link on the blog as well. Phew, that is all what happened over the last week. Now let's go over what to watch this upcoming week in the world of sports. And we're going to start with Tuesday. The NLCS game two will be played still in Philadelphia. Diamondbacks at the Phillies at 7.07 on TBS. Remember, the Phillies lead that series 1-0. to zero. The ALCS game three will also be played on Wednesday alone, and that will be 7.03 on Fox Sports 1. Rangers currently lead 2-0. to zero. Thursday, we also have that. Then we have two games on Thursday, the NLCS game three Phillies at the Diamondbacks at 407 on TBS and the ALCS game four Astros at the Rangers at 703 on Fox Sports one. Then on Friday, the ALCS game five Astros at the Rangers at 407 p.m. on Fox Sports one. That is if necessary, meaning if the Rangers run away with it and never lose a game, then game five, not necessary. Also Friday night, the NLCS Game 4, Phillies at the Diamondbacks at 7.07 on TBS. Then we get into all, if necessary, games Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday, all if needed. So Saturday, NLCS Game 5, Phillies at the Diamondbacks, also at 7.07 on TBS. Since a pattern here. Sunday, if necessary, ALCS Game 6, Rangers back at Houston in the for the Astros at 7.03 on Fox Sports 1. Then next Monday night, the NLCS Game 6, Diamondbacks at the Phillies at 4.07 on TBS. Then the ALCS Game 7, again, Astros need to have a major comeback to make it to this point. 
then they will play at home at 7.03 on Fox or Fox Sports 1. And Tuesday will be the NLCS Game 7, if needed, Diamondbacks at the Phillies at 7.07 on TBS. This week, final week of NBA preseason, only game televised is Tuesday, Nuggets at the Clippers at 9.30 on ESPN2. The top games of the week for week eight in college football starts with the game day game of the week. Number seven, Penn State visiting number three, Ohio State. That is at 11 a.m. on Fox. Ohio State favored by four and a half. Game day is there. Number 17, Tennessee plays at number 11, Alabama at 2.30 on CBS. Alabama favored by eight and a half. Number 13, Ole Miss travels to Auburn unranked. That's my only non-ranked first ranked game in the top five games of the week. They will play at 6 p.m. on ESPN. Ole Miss favored by six and a half. Number 16, Duke visits number four, Florida State. They will play at 6.30 on ABC. Florida State favored by two touchdowns. And Duke is believed to be Riley Leonard-less. So TBD, how that goes. And then finally, number 14, Utah plays number 18, USC at 7 p.m. on Fox. USC is favored by six and a half, but let's see how Caleb Williams does against that powerful Utah defense. In the NFL, starting with tonight, Monday Night Football, it is currently going on as we speak, and that is the Cowboys at the Chargers at 7.15 on ABC and ESPN. Thursday Night Football will be the Jaguars at the Saints at 7.15. That can be seen on Prime. Sunday, we have six games at noon on CBS and Fox. That is, the CBS games are the Browns at the Colts, the Bills at the Patriots, and the Commanders at the Giants. The Fox games are the Raiders at the Bears or the Falcons at the Bucks or the Lions at the Ravens. At 3.05 on Fox, you can either catch the Steelers at the Rams or the Cardinals at the Seahawks. And then at 3.25 on CBS, catch the Packers at the Broncos or the Chargers at the Chiefs. That ought to be a good one. And then Sunday Night Football, the Dolphins play at the Eagles. That will be an absolutely awesome showdown, although the Eagles did just lose. But still, they will play at 7.20 on NBC. Next Monday Night Football, 49ers at the Vikings at 7.15 on ABC and ESPN. If you're like, wow, that doesn't seem like a lot of games, that's because we have six teams that have a bye this week. In the golf world, we actually have PGA Tour events starting on Wednesday because we're at the Zozo Championship, which is over in Asia. Round one will begin at 10 p.m. on Golf Channel. Round two will be Thursday at 10 p.m., also on Golf Channel. Friday, live event begins in Miami. It is the team championship. Round one will start at 12.15 on the CW, and then round three for Zozo will be at 10 p.m. on Golf Channel. Saturday, same times for both. So second round of the live at 12.15 on, on the CW, and the PGA Tour final round of the Zozo championship will be at 10 p.m. on Golf Channel. Set your DVRs. Sunday, find out who wins the second season of the live tour for the team championship in Miami final round 1215 on CW hockey going on this week Tuesday the lightning at the Sabres will be at 630 on ESPN followed by the Kings at the Kraken at 9 Wednesday the Penguins play the Red Wings at 630 on TNT and Thursday the Blackhawks take on the Avalanche at 930 on ESPN Exciting news for Americans in Formula One because this weekend on Sunday is the United States Grand Prix in Austin at COTA, which is Circuit of the Americas. You can catch that on TV at 2 p.m. on ESPN. And even this weekend, there is a sprint race that you can watch on Saturday. 
We do have two Olympic sports on, on both on Sunday. Figure skating, Skate America will be at 11 a.m. on NBC, and then some NCAA volleyball, Purdue at Penn State at noon on Fox Sports 1. Hard to believe, but it was actually shorter than last week, So, but that wraps it up for me this week. Like I said, we got lots going on, and NBA is about to start, so we're about to be all over the board. For more games and times, including the whole top 25 list, check out the blog, The Girlfriend's Guide to Sports, for more. And I'll catch you all next week.